This is Listen Up ODK Leaders, a podcast about leading in the 21st century. Our focus is collegiate leaders and leadership, but we welcome everyone. This episode is sponsored by Tribute. For birthdays, celebrations, and graduations, give the most meaningful gift of all, a Tribute video. Welcome to Episode 5, Are You Career Ready? Today, we'll be exploring career readiness and preparation as you continue to navigate today's society. Today, we have two experts that will help us chat through how to get career ready. And so without further ado, I will turn it over to our experts to introduce themselves. I'm Jamie Bolden. I'm the director of the Center for Career and Professional Development at Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas. I'm an ODK initiate and from 2004 from the SFA circle, and I've worked at Stephen F. Austin for 11 and a half years now in a variety of different offices, but the past four and a half years I've worked uh, within career services. And I'm Michael Preston. I'm the executive director of the Florida Consortium of Metropolitan Research Universities. We're three universities in Central Florida uh, and, and South Florida, the University of Central Florida, University of South Florida, and Florida International University. I get an opportunity to work with over 185,000 students and work with them on talent development and how they can uh, find great opportunities here in the state of Florida through one of our three uh, Research One Metropolitan Universities. Uh, we get a chance to work with uh, about 31,000 graduates every single year and help them match up with employers that are hoping to hire them here in the Sunshine State and keep the Sunshine State's economy moving and shaking. I'm an initiate of ODK in 1995, the East Carolina University Circle. And from there, I went on to actually uh, help found the Stephen F. Austin Circle. And uh, I think it was 2000, 2001. It was around then. Um, and so uh, Jamie came along shortly after that. So Jamie and I have known each other now for going on 20 years, and we both have career development in our blood. So we're excited to be here. And I'm your host, Stephen Dominey, initiate of the Mercer University Circle, and excited to be with you today as we navigate this conversation. So let's get started in the conversation for today. So Jamie and Michael, what is one thing you recognize that is different this year in navigating internships and career opportunities? What's not different this year about that? I think that the the pandemic has definitely changed the landscape for how we're looking for jobs, for how recruiters are interacting with universities, um, you know, certain Fields have been hit a lot more heavily than other fields, you know, things like hospitality, the entertainment industry, um, you know, things like that. So we have seen a big impact in just kind of how that is affecting our students' ability to look for jobs, our alumni's ability to look for jobs. But, you know, we're also seeing um, a lot of recruiters who maybe have travel restrictions and so can't come in person. So, Everyone from students to employers to career services offices has definitely had to um, pivot a little bit. We've had to get real comfortable with virtual recruiting, virtual interviewing. Um, so it's been an interesting year for that. But I will say there have been some upsides to it. I think that it's a good thing that 
we've had to get more comfortable with the virtual landscape. I think it's good that students have had to get comfortable and how to interview virtually, um, you know, how to present themselves uh, through their professional profiles, things like that. So there's been a lot of tough uh, things that have been going on this year as far as how things have changed with the career landscape. But there have been a couple a couple of silver linings uh, within there that I don't think are necessarily necessarily all bad. Yeah, I think I'd, I would follow up with um, what's really different is that we sped up the clock. Uh, a lot of these um, new challenges that we're seeing in terms of online engagement uh, students having to, A, do their searches much more in an online environment, to be able to do um, multiple city searches as they look for jobs in various regions of the country because, you know, one area of the country might be hiring, but another might be shut down for a while, uh, makes for um, anxiety-filled uh, job searches, but also exciting ones, and ones that, quite frankly, we saw coming. I um, actually just got done reading a book on uh, the 2020 job landscape that um, came out in 2010, and they were predicting what it was going to be like in 2020. And one of the areas that they really were emphasizing was the use of online recruiting tools for employers. Now, you know, if you came out in January and asked me if online recruiting was really taking off, I'd say people are dabbling, but it probably is an introduction, but they're going to close the deal in person. And now we've just skipped ahead about five or 10 years uh, to the fact that folks are not only um, hiring, but they're onboarding and getting folks ready all in an online environment. And there's not a likelihood that a lot of these folks will even um, set foot within uh, their offices anytime soon. Uh, in so much so that a lot of the recruiters at our three institutions are advertising jobs where they're literally telling someone that you're going to go and work for Google, but you're not going to actually have to leave the state of Florida for at least five years um, before you have to make a decision on whether or not you want to come out to California. And so I think that gives uh, some of our students a little bit of um, flexibility in the kinds of jobs that they might be able to take. We'll explore that in a moment when we come back from our short break. Listen up, ODK student leaders. Each year, Omicron Delta Kappa awards more than 30 scholarships for graduate and professional study. This year, ODK has designated two scholarships to benefit applicants who are African American, Latino Hispanic, or Native American, and two scholarships to benefit applicants who identify as LGBTQ+. The scholarship application opens on December 1, 2020. For more information, visit www.odk.org. For birthdays, celebrations, and graduations, give the most meaningful gift of all, a tribute video. Tribute makes it easy to create a collaborative video for any occasion. Simply invite your friends, collect their videos, and build your tribute. Learn more at studenttribute.com forward slash ODK. I definitely am starting to see that more and more as the students that I interact and work with um, as they're preparing, whether they're in their sophomore year looking at internships or they're um, navigating that transition from finishing a degree to um, into their first career. And so looking at that, I think, is very true and how they'll continue to pivot is going to be incredibly important. So thinking about how students and our alumni utilize their own experiences um, to tell their story, um, how can they utilize those experiences to really shape their interview process and resume uh, and maybe there's even some key indicators that you may suggest um, as we navigate both the internship 
inter- or excuse me, interviews and resumes? Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll start with, especially in co-curricular activities, when you think about something like being a member of OVK, um, in most cases, uh, there was some sort of an intake or interview process. Um, and that's an experience that you can draw off on. And I would hope that a lot of our circles would perhaps consider um, adding some of these career uh, focused opportunities for our students to get in there and, and actually uh, one of the things we did early on with our ODK circle in, um, uh, at Stephen F. Austin was instead of having uh, an application per se, I mean, there was one obviously for ODK as a national organization, but locally we had our students turn in resumes and letters of application. And that was a way to help them uh, get prepared for the workplace. And lo and behold, that's something that has really um, uh, worked. And now it's a matter of helping them translate that to say their LinkedIn profiles. Uh, most of our students we were finding here in the Florida Consortium have a LinkedIn profile, but they hadn't updated it in about 18 months. And it actually reflected uh, work that they had done as a sophomore in college. And, um, and, and quite frankly, I think they were thinking of their, their LinkedIn profile less as a communication tool of their experiences and their skills and more of just almost like a yellow pages of whether or not you had a LinkedIn profile to begin with. And so knowing the differences between those uh, those items by having to go through this already with your co-curricular experience could be um, really an opportunity for them to practice those skills as they move forward. I think I would add to that. So, you know, one of the qualifications for becoming a member of Omicron Delta Kappa is that you have leadership experience in some way, shape or form through the five pillars. So a benefit of that is that we have all the, all of these members are coming in with these rich experiences. These are the types of experiences that employers are looking for in their candidates. We tell students all the time, employers value engaged students. How that engagement looks will differ from student to student. You know, we recognize that there are students who have to work a lot of hours in order to support themselves financially, or they may have a family that they're supporting while they're taking classes. So they may not have kind of a traditional college experience of getting involved in student organizations or taking part in leader, you know, leadership opportunities, but they're working. And so those are providing uh, valuable experiences for whatever their next step is going to be. Regardless of what that engagement looks like, we I would encourage students to be engaged. The employers want to know at the end of all of this, what have you been doing with your time? How have you been spending these four or five, six, you know, victory lap kind of years? How are you spending these years preparing yourself for what comes next? And so college provides such a unique opportunity for students to be engaged in a wide variety of ways. They can do faculty research. They can be leaders in their class projects. They can be the leader in a student organization. They can plan events. They can take their spring break and go volunteer in another city. All of these opportunities provide really great skills that are transferable to other to other industries, to other things, but they also make students very marketable. So, you know, the all the students, you know, who are in ODK come to it with typically with some kind of um, involvement already. But students need to know how to articulate those experiences and that involvement in a way that employers are looking to see. <laughs> and, you know, and knowing how to articulate those skills, not only in their professional documents and then LinkedIn, but also how to take it to the next step and tell their story more effectively in interviews. So offering up those examples from that engagement 
in the interview process to really prove to the employers that they've got what it takes. You know, when an employer asks you to, well, tell me about a time when you demonstrated good communication skills. They're not wanting you to parrot back to them how important communication skills are. They know that. That's why they're asking. What they want to, what they want to hear is in, um, evidence. They want to hear an example of how you've utilized those skills. So talking about you know, the skills that you gained as the vice president of your student organization when you ran committees or you planned events or you had to communicate with a faculty or staff advisor in order to work through a problem. All of these kinds of things that our student leaders are doing day in and day out, but they don't always include those in their documents and they're not always telling those great stories to the employers when they do get interviews for these jobs. Are there other levels of competency or specific competencies beyond just the engagement piece that would be critical? As we know, many of our listeners are probably thinking, well, what does my check sheet look like as far as making sure I've achieved all the things to be successful candidate? Um, can you speak to any of that? There's an organization called NACE, the National Association of Colleges and Employers. And career services folks are really familiar with NACE. It's made up of membership from both universities and career services departments, but also employers. It's a really unique organization in that, that we have both of these partner kind of stakeholders all in the same place and having these conversations about how are we equipping students with skills? And then what are the skills that the employers are looking for on the other side of it? NACE research with these employers tells us that they are seeking, there's about eight skills that tend to come to the top each year um, when they're surveyed about what are they looking for in their new hires and they're in recent college graduates. What do they want them walking in the door with on day one? Communication skills is one, teamwork, leadership, um, career management, oral and written communication skills. Um, so lots of different, you know, about eight of them that regardless of industry, they tell us these are the things we're looking for on their resume, in their cover letter, and what we want to hear whenever we're doing interviews with them. Like I said, the great thing about college is that students can collect these skills from a variety of places. They don't just have to get them through paid work experiences. They can talk about the committees that they were on or the events that they planned, you know, all, all kinds of different experiences can help to equip them with that skill set. But the students, in my experience, don't always do a great job of reflecting on those experiences and saying, what have I gained from this that I then can use to make myself more marketable in the job search? And so that NACE research is really helpful in telling career services folks and faculty and staff and employers kind of helping us to see what we're looking for in those students, but I would encourage students to really reflect on the experiences that they've had, look at these kinds of lists and say, okay, where did I gain these skills and make sure that those are clearly articulated within their resumes and cover letters. I often talk to um, students and whenever I mention the NACE skills, I often encourage them to use those as um, a pinpoint to start a story and to create a story around each one of those skills. Because one of the best ways that you can convince somebody to hire you is to have a compelling narrative in which they actually care about you as the, um, as the applicant. I think a lot of times students have a hard time really understanding that point. Um, 
you know, another point that I make to students whenever I'm talking to them is that if you make it to the interview where you're sitting across from me, you know, pre-COVID or across from me on a Zoom, uh, you already have the technical skill to do the job. We can't actually interview you if you don't have the right experience level, if you don't have the right uh, major, if it's required, if you don't have the right certifications. We're going to pre-screen that out well beyond you ever getting able, being able to set foot in our office. So at that point now, what I'm trying to develop is some sort of a personal connection on where I can see you fitting into our culture. And that's a skill unto itself. So for you as an applicant, I often tell students, you have to create those stories so that that particular employer can actually see you coming in and doing the things that are going to be important to that particular employer. Um, and uh, that's a two-way street. You also want to hear those same things from the employer as you're interviewing as well, because you need to know that you're going to fit in. So using that as a storyboard or a story point is really an important part of the skill building. Um, and then that also tells an employer probably the most important part. And Jamie, I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but I think the ability to articulate and communicate effectively is probably the the best core skill that any student can have in an interview process, because that's really what that's all about. And when uh, employers are frustrated, it almost always seems to come down to the fact that the employee themselves is someone that just can't communicate what it is they need, what they need to do, or, or whether or not they understand the, the nuances of the job uh, in the long run. I would agree with that. I think employers are looking for people who will be um, effective brand representation for their company. And so they need to know that you can represent your own brand effectively. It doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. You have to, you know, not make a mistake. You can't use any filler words, but you have to be able to articulate your own experiences really clearly and concisely. And that requires you to reflect on those experiences. If you are just kind of going through the motions and you're not taking a moment to stop and go, what am I gaining from this? What do I want to gain from this? How is this helping me to meet a goal? You know, the, it's that reflection component that's really going to allow you to make those connections when you see a job description that's asking for, you know, good communication skills or problem solving abilities. And, you know, because we've reflected on those experiences, we can then talk about them much more effectively and be much, much better advocates for ourselves about why we're a good fit for that position. The interview absolutely is where the employer is trying to discern kind of personality and fit. They wouldn't have invited you in if they didn't think that you could do the job. And I think knowing that is important for students and alumni. A lot of times students, they feel like they're going in having to prove their, their skills. The employer is pretty confident that on paper you can do the job. They haven't, they wouldn't invite you in and waste their time if they didn't think that you could do it. What they want to see is how well they feel like you're going to fit in the organization. Um, it's also a good time for you to determine, is this a good fit for me? Like you need to be going into interviews thinking about 
What do I want out of this first position? What are the things that are important to me? Is this organization, are they congruent with my, my values and my beliefs and what, you know, what I'm looking for in this opportunity? So they want you coming in with questions. You know, it's, it's a two-way street in there. They're going to ask you lots of questions, but it's a good time for you to ask questions as well to make sure that this is going to be a good fit on both sides for that. Listeners, just so you know that you can find the NACE uh, link on our odk.org website so that you can engage uh, to learn more in that regard. You are experiencing Listen Up ODK Leaders, presented by Omicron Delta Kappa, the National Leadership Honor Society. ODK recognizes and encourages superior leadership and exemplary character. The ODK ideals are scholarship, service, integrity, character, and fellowship. To learn more about our mission and our organization, go to www.odk.org. A tribute video is a perfect way to celebrate and recognize milestones, birthdays, graduations, and membership in ODK. Tribute makes it easy to create a personalized video message. Simply invite your friends, collect their videos, and build your tribute. Learn more at studenttribute.com forward slash ODK. Uh, thank you for that response, Jamie and Michael. I think that really does give some insight to how we can continue to tell our story and shape our story uh, for our future. So thinking about, as you mentioned earlier, about employers and what they're looking for, what do you see as maybe the top three things employers are looking for in a candidate like right now? The, re- the research tells us generally employers, you know, the NACE and those NACE skills, they're looking at, you know, they want good problem solving skills. They want good communication skills. They want the ability to work on a team. I think other things right now that employers are looking for is adaptability. I think that it is regardless of what field they're in, it's a very uncertain time for a lot of companies. And so I think they're looking for problem solvers. I think they're looking for people who are solutions oriented and who want to, who will jump in, be quick to learn, ask a lot of questions, add value where they can, but that when problems come up or if they have to shift, that those hires are going to be able to assist them in doing that. You know, in our office, we we were rocking and rolling last year with we had everything was really good. We felt really good about our processes. We were running things effectively and efficiently. And then on less than 24 hours notice, I had to shift my entire department virtually. And I know everyone did this. I was so proud of my team, though, because they did exactly that. They said, "Okay, how do we adjust to this? How do we make this a good experience for our students? We were sad. It, it was not it was not pleasant. It was not what we would have chosen to do. But we took a look around and said, what do we need to do to adjust to this so that we can continue to serve our students and to serve our, our stakeholders most effectively? Every company is having to do something like that right now. So I think the ability to shift and be flexible and adaptable and be a problem solver is going to serve students really well, regardless of what field they're wanting to go into or what industry they're interested in working in. There's, there's a self-management piece, too, that I think is coming up to the top. And that is if if you're going to be asked to work from home, if you're going to be asked to work uh, digitally across um, lines, there's not supervision there as there has been in a traditional job market. So those um, uh, employees that are able to self-manage their time are able to demonstrate their value 
Um, but more importantly, probably are able to not, this is a really, really tough time for everybody. So somebody that is poor at managing their own time and managing their own career actually have more questions and more doubt that they cast upon their supervisors. And that in and of itself can ratchet up the anxiety level uh, as a relationship between the employer and the employee. And that too uh, could be seen as a negative in the job market. So it's certainly something that the better they can do at managing themselves and managing their workflow, I think it really shows uh, their, their ability to uh, adapt to those situations. So that adaptability, Jamie, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and then, you know, the obvious uh, self-management. And, you know, when we think about it in terms of how students demonstrate that, um, you know, their ability to showcase their uh, themselves on a Zoom call. You know, if, if you show up to a Zoom call and you've got in the background, you know, everyone's seen that one video of the guy that's, you know, trying to do a, a report and his kid walks in with the lollipop or the ice cream cone or whatever, and is like, yeah, you know, and, and it's a disaster and he's just falling apart. Um, if that stuff is happening in the background and it's chaos, then uh, that's going to be a bad signal that you aren't able to manage the environment in which you're in. And, and I got to say, that is some of that might not be the student's fault themselves. They live in maybe multi-generational families. They uh or, or there's only one computer in the home and, and those sorts of things. So um, that might be a challenge for some folks. And just being um, honest and communicating some of those challenges uh, might be something that's an important skill to showcase, too, because then you know um, what to expect if you're an, an interviewer. Um, in terms of, like, adaptability, uh, almost immediately we're going to see, uh, once you hire somebody, that, that the thing that you brought them on to do is going to change almost overnight. Um, you know, we thought we were coming down on cases, right? And now all of a sudden they're zooming back up. So there's a very real possibility that folks that started coming back to campus or started coming back to work are going to be sent back home. Those are those are other opportunities to show that adaptability. So it's really um really <laughs> it's a real interesting time to to be an employee and uh, also be looking for a job. I would add to that that so I think it's important to acknowledge for students who are looking for work or for maybe alumni or other listeners who have found themselves out of work during this time that there has been, you know, tightening up within their their field. You know, it's important to acknowledge that we may not end up in our first choice of job right now that it doesn't mean that the opportunities that they take are second, you know, secondary or inferior in any way. It's just we may end up doing things we may end up taking a position that's different than what we thought just because of that's just where the economy is right now. Or I think about, we have a lot of students at our university who are hospitality students. And I've had lots of conversations with students who had their internships canceled. I've talked to alumni who worked in their field for 10 or 12 years who were downsized. And, you know, so we've been having some tough conversations with them about, well, so what do, what do we do next? If we can't do plan A now, then what, what, what else can we do with those skills? I think a way for a student to be able to demonstrate those career management skills and that adaptability is one, make the most of whatever position you are in. If it, is, if it was not your first choice, that's okay. 
they should never know that. You should be a productive and valued employee because that could end up being a great fit. You never know that something um, unexpected may end up being something that you really love and like this door has opened up for you that you had never expected. So we always have to leave opportunity and flexibility within there. But two, if it's not going to, you know, if you're in that job that you maybe wouldn't have taken in a different climate and it's not something that you're going to do forever, that's okay too. Like uh, this, all these generations now, like they tend to shift around from career to career a little bit more. But what's important is that, again, you're continuing to look for ways to add value, adding value to that company that you're with for as long as you're with them and adding value to your own skills. There are so many online sort of, you know, if you online certifications that you can do, classes that you can do in your own time, many of them are free or if they have a certificate, it's relatively low cost to get that certificate. So looking for ways to add to your own skill set to make you more marketable for the next thing. You have to think about if you're in this position, lots of other people who are as equally qualified as you are in this position, and they're likely doing that because they want to set themselves up to be able to move back into that market when the economy is healthier. <coughs> so, you know, if you are in that job and it's not a forever, it's okay. But continuing to look for ways to make yourself marketable and be the best employee that you can be while you're there. You don't want to develop a reputation that you're not a good employee because that's not going to help you when the next door opens up and they call your supervisor to talk to you about it and they go, yeah, you know, they're not great. And it's like, that's not really going to help us either in there. So continuing to look for ways to add value to yourself as a candidate um, during this time as well. It's uh, Bernie Glass Analytics actually calls this life raft jobs. Um, which is a way to get you from one side of the of the crisis to the other. And I love that analogy, this idea of being on a life raft and during a time of real turmoil and being able to navigate through those waters shows that skill development. But uh, even more importantly is um, it helps pay the bills. And in some ways, that's what you need to do as you're as you're trying to make a life for yourself. So. If that means that you drive around a UPS truck for a while uh, delivering packages or you work in an Amazon fulfillment center, there's a couple of areas there as we've been doing some of our research ourselves here at the Florida Consortium. And that is uh, Amazon is very clear that they don't intend on keeping all of these people that they've hired through the pandemic. Eventually, they, they will recede back to pre-pandemic uh, workload uh, to some extent. Well, college students fresh out of college that are not looking to be there forever fit that bill perfectly. And so that could be a really good opportunity to get some of those skills and then get like good references. How good would it be to have um, Amazon and somebody that is a supply chain supervisor write you a letter of reference? Uh, so many of our students will come and talk to us towards the end of their college careers where they're like, I need you to write me a letter of reference because I don't have anyone else that I've established that relationship with. Well, this is an opportunity to establish that relationship with somebody who ultimately could be uh, a very powerful ally in your career development. So it's uh, certainly something that I would not discount. Um, the, uh, to Jamie's point, too, real quick, I think we can all think back to those jobs that we absolutely hated. And, uh, you know, a couple of quick anecdotes from my uh, career past. Uh, the first was I was an assistant producer for an NBC affiliate in North Carolina when I was in college. 
uh, I thought I wanted to go into into news and be like the next, uh, you know, big uh, news producer. And then I quite frankly went on my first story where I was the live on the shot uh, person with the camera. And um, it was a car accident and it was three people had died. And I didn't like that. I didn't want to be a part of that. And so, um, you know, when you go there and you find this out about yourself, then that helps you develop, too, because you can kind of cast that aside. Uh, the other time I thought I was going to be Robin Williams from Dead Poet Society. I was going to teach English, you know, and I was going to teach the classics. And then I went into a modern high school classroom and I'm like, I don't like any of these people in this room. So I can't do this work and I'm never going to be a good uh, teacher. Now, I found out that I was going to be a good professor one day, but I was not I was not made out to work with 15 to 18 year olds. This I knew. And so all of these life raft jobs, and in both cases, they helped pay the bills, but they also got me to the other side to know, I don't want to go back there again. Let me move forward with something else. We'll explore that in a moment when we come back from our short break. College is an experience of milestones and memories which need to be celebrated. Tribute makes it easy to create a personalized video to celebrate your achievement. Simply invite your friends, collect their videos, and build your tribute. Learn more at studenttribute.com forward slash ODK. I think it's so critical to have these different type of skills and understanding and experiences because it's so important for career planning for your future. You never know what one experience might lead you. I always uh, tell students about my time working in retail during uh, Thanksgiving, uh, particularly my second or third day was working on Black Friday uh, and how that teaches you people skills and how you work to navigate that experience um, and how do you handle working in situations that may be um, different than a normal day. Um, and so how do you continue to build relationships and work and aid people, um, whether they're the most pleasant or less pleasant, um, you still can navigate those experiences. And then what is it like when you work in a volunteer role or you've worked um, in a nonprofit uh, and the experiences that may happen there. So I think it's important to know to balance those experiences because it truly does help um, make a difference in understanding how you will fit as an employee. As I think about like next steps and resources, um, Michael and Jamie, what are resources that you would highly suggest that uh, our listeners take advantage of as they're preparing or evaluating their career options and moving forward? Well, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about utilizing career services as a, as a career services professional, but it is a highly underutilized service on many campuses. There is a sense, you know, you'll, students will hear about career services often at orientation and they listen and they go, okay, cool. So I come to you senior year when I'm ready to look for a job. And that's when I get started in the career development process. And we go, well, you could, but the conversations that we have with students who have really just gotten started on this in senior year, are very different than the conversations that we have with students who have been thinking about it and kind of working on it progressively across their time in college. 
So the first thing I would say is investigate the resources that are available to you on your campus and utilize the heck out of them because they're very likely free or they're included in your tuition and fees. Those same services are not free when you graduate. If you want someone to look over your resume or provide you with career coaching or interview assistance, you will pay many, many, many dollars out of your own pocket for that level of expertise. So um, utilize the career services. They often, you know, they will look over resumes for you. They will help you to investigate resources to tell you about things like the NACE competencies and provide guidance on how you can be better articulating all of these different experiences on your resume. <coughs> You know, so utilizing your career services folks uh, first and foremost. But I will say the career services offices do not have dominion over this. They are excellent resources, but talking to, you know, student organization advisors and faculty members, many times these are subject matter experts. They are experts in their field. They're a wealth of knowledge. They are invested in you. They've often known you for several years and they want to see you be successful. They can often be helpful too in helping you to better articulate these experiences. Nothing is more frustrating as a student organization advisor when you see one of your leader's resumes and they put President Omicron Delta Kappa and that's it. And we go, what have we been doing here? Like you are, you are not selling these skills. And so you know, getting feedback from multiple parties on your documents, let the people who have worked with you on these projects, let them look at how you're articulating those because they may go, Jamie, why are you not saying that there are 150 people in this organization, right? Like, why are you not saying about how you ran an event that, you know, people donated 10,000 canned goods for their community that year? You know, and so utilizing the different resources that are available to you, you know, one of my uh, my most one of my most impactful um, conversations happened with Michael, who was my boss and an advisor of my student organization, because I sat down with him one day and said, what is it that you do? What is, what is student affairs? You know, and so that I didn't immediately jump on that. I didn't immediately do that. But several years down the road, I went back to that conversation, went back to my mentor and said, hey, I think I want to make a change. I think I want to go into this field. And here we are 13 years later. So utilizing you know, the different services and resources that are available to you for alumni or any you know people who have graduated who may be in a situation where they feel like they could use some help. A lot of universities, career services will assist alumni. I can't say that across the board. Our university does. Many universities are willing to work with alumni because they're still invested in your outcomes. They want to know that as graduates of their of their school, that you're able you're able to find work that you're interested in. And so it doesn't hurt to reach back out to your university uh, to see if they do offer some of those services to alumni. Um, often, you know, just as a way to help to get you along to the next step. I talked to an alumni recently who had lost his job during COVID and we, you know, and just kind of providing some guidance and resources and looking over his resume was able to assist him in finding something different. Yes, it's all him. He did all the work, but we were happy to be able to assist him in that time that he really needed it. And so, you know, utilizing those resources that are available to you early and often become good friends with them and bug the heck out of home to help, you know, to get some help in there.
I think only about 16% of college students ever venture into their career services department uh, before they graduate. I mean, so you think about that, less than one in five uh, take advantage of those resources. Now, some, you know, some might not need it. That's, that's, you know, something that we should all acknowledge. Uh, if all 12,000 students at Stephen F. Austin showed up on Jamie's doorstep and on the first day, that would be problematic. But uh, hopefully over the course of four years, they diffuse themselves uh, and actually come through that, that door. Uh, a lot of universities are also um, investing a lot of money into skill building software uh, in their learning management system. So I know in our three institutions, we have LinkedIn Learning. So all of those different skills that you have to pay a premium for once you uh, graduate are offered for free uh, to our, our students. And so that's a great way to get those certificates and those verifiable skills um, that you can take advantage of before you leave. And then, you know, I'd also have to echo Jamie's uh, point about being really careful about your resume and about how you articulate what you did in your co-curricular activities. Because students often will say, hey, I joined this organization because I thought it would look good on a resume, and then they make it look bad on a resume. So you didn't really accomplish much, uh, except for, I guess, you you know probably made some friends and it was an exciting time. But if you uh, aren't really communicating that well, then that's a sign that you're probably not going to be good for the job. Um, and then, you know, another area that I would really think about uh, is um, we're in a time when if you can't find a job, volunteer. Um, volunteering is a great way. It's another life raft job in terms of skills uh, because um, a lot of businesses are looking for people that are also contributing their, to their community. Uh, civic engagement is an important part of any uh, learned person in any community. And so if you're able to communicate that, say, hey, look, I graduated from the University of Central Florida. Uh, jobs were tight here. Here in, in Orlando in particular, we've got about an 18% unemployment rate because of the world of Disney and all sorts of uh, resorts and hotels. And guess what? All those people have been laid off. So I couldn't find a job. So what I did is I spent my time uh, over the course of the last uh, 12 months actually helping other people. So I lived at home um, and every single day I got up and I, I you know, uh, worked at Habitat for Humanity or I worked um, in the local food bank in order to collect donations so I can keep myself uh, busy, learn some skills, and uh, ultimately um, sit here in front of you and, and interview for this job. So I think that's impressive. It, that's much more impressive than, you know, I was able to find a PS5 at Walmart, and um, I'm really, really good at FIFA Soccer 2020. Um, and so, you know, make sure that you are spending your time uh, wisely, and volunteering is a great way to do that. So as we get to wrapping this up uh, for our podcast for today, uh, what is maybe one piece of advice that you would leave our listeners with? Just creating your story, creating your narrative, understanding who you are and doing careful reflection on who that person is that's going to be sitting across from that employer. When you're able to demonstrate authenticity, when you're able to tell your story, uh, it might not connect with every job, but it will connect with a job that is going to be a great fit for you. And that's so much better than if you're trying to somehow communicate what the person wants to hear. We're going to pick up on that every single time as an employer, that you're kind of not being truthful in that. And, and that doesn't really help anybody, does it? Because even if you got the job, if you got the job and it was really 
not a good fit for you and it wasn't a good fit for us, we're going to know within the first month or two anyway, and you're not going to stick around. So be authentic. Find that story. Tell your story. And then let the opportunities fall where they may. I would say that I would encourage students to be involved. I mentioned earlier that employers are really looking for engaged students because they know the skills that tend to come from being involved. What I would caution students against is being quantity over quality, right? That when an employer looks at your resume, if they see 20 different student organizations on there, they do kind of question how how committed you were to those experiences and how deeply you were involved in those experiences to gain the skills that they're looking for. So I would encourage students to be involved, but to pick a few things that really matter to them and then to deeply invest in those. Take on a leadership role, you know, get involved within committees, take advantage of opportunities to plan events or to travel to a conference, you know, but picking a couple of things that you're selective about, but that you can really dig into and, you know, and really get something out of. It's those experiences that are going to offer you the examples to be able to talk about later in, in interviews and to articulate on your professional documents. And so, you know, pick a few things and give me some bullet points on your resume to expand on why I should care about those things. I think one thing that students don't think about with their documents and when they're applying for jobs, that employers are, are they're, they're looking for how you fit into this position, into my company, what do you have to offer me? And so when they see a ton of things, they go, okay, but if you're not explaining to them how that makes you a good fit, they're not very interested in that. And so pick a couple of things, get really involved in those, reflect on those experiences, and then tell me that story more effectively in your documents. Jamie and Michael, thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of our last episode of 2020. We're so glad that you were able to join us and be a part of this learning opportunity. Um, as we close, I want to leave you with a quote. Uh, I think it's very timely and very relevant. Um, the quote states, Dream with ambition, lead with conviction, and see yourself in a way that others might not see you, simply because they've never seen it before. Um, and that is Kamala Harris's quote uh, from a recent speech, uh, but I thought it was very relevant for our conversation today. So with that, I, I wish you all the best as this year wraps up for you and look forward to you tuning in in 2021 as we navigate new topics. Listen Up ODK Leaders is a production of Omicron Delta Kappa, the National Leadership Honor Society. Our program was produced by Tim Reed, recorded and edited by Eric Wilkin. Our hosts are Stephen Dominey and Tim Reed. Our production team includes Lottie Page, Daniel Klobe, Elena Stubbs, and Katie Datz. Special thanks to Amy Newman for our logo and to all the staff at the ODK National Headquarters for their amazing support of our members. To learn more about our society, go to www.odk.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. ODK members should join us on our LinkedIn groups.